Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we are your hosts, and so excited to have you back for another incredible episode. We are yes, continuing we are. our parenting series. But this Ooh. one's a little bit unique, right, Davey? Yeah, this one's, we're going to focus in a little bit on uh, the aspect of, you know, where we sit as, in position as far as reconciling with parents that we have. At least that's what this story is about. We have a special guest, yeah. Blythe Daniel and Dr. Helen McIntosh, which are a mother-daughter duo. And uh, they talk about the relationship of parent and child, adult children specifically, and how to make sure that those relationships um, stay stay good and true and unified. But then when mm-hmm. they seem to get divided, how do we reconcile there? And so we kind of want to point you, listener, to this perspective of we we all have parents, whether they're involved right. in your life or not. And right. what does our relationship with our parents inform us about our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Uh, because I think that's, that's really where ultimately the enemy is going to try to weasel his way in and get us to skew mm. our perspective. And so we really are excited that you um, that we've got these two guests to, to bring to you today. It's really, it's going to be fun. And Blythe Daniel is a literary agent and marketer. She has 20 years, 20 plus years Oof. actually in publishing. She's a speaker. She's written for all kinds of organizations, including Focus on the Family, Who? Focus Blogger. On the, Focus on the what? I've never, never heard Fo- of it. Never heard of never them, heard right? Of Just a small little organization <laughs> out in Colorado Springs. No one knows who they are. Uh, she uh, blogs at Blog About and then Dr. Helen McIntosh, who is Blythe's mom. Right. So Dr. Helen's oh, the mom, Blythe's the daughter. Lady. Oh my goodness. So She's sweet. a precious lady. She's a counselor, a speaker, an educator, an author. Yeah. And again, her work has appeared in all kinds of places. So these women have a lot of wisdom for us talking about uh, relationships with our yes. adult parents. Yeah. And as, as you listen to this, if you like it, we'd love for you to go rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you like any of our episodes, go do that. It really helps us out. We love reading your reviews. Um, Aubrey, I think you have a review to read for us. I right? was just going to say that I've got a review for us. And this is a little bit of a long one, but it's really, really beautiful. So I'm going to okay. read the whole thing. I'm excited. Okay. Um, here's what it says. Here's what this person says. I am a widow that has walked a journey and seen God's hand and mercy throughout my life. When I met my late husband, I had no idea what cystic fibrosis was. Despite him having CF and diabetes, he lived life to the fullest. He achieved getting his law enforcement degree and paramedic science degree. He first and foremost wanted to help people and share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. He even got the opportunity to pray over people in the ambulance. Mm, That's pretty cool. Wow. He saw people at their worst and he wanted to help. When he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I wrestled with the whys. Why him? Why not me? Why this? He already had CF and diabetes. Lord, he is working in this world for the good of you. Why? After he passed away, I have seen my life change and seen God's mercies new each day. This podcast touches my heart and soul and provides words to the thoughts and feelings I have. Thank you for this enriching podcast, Davey. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you so much to whoever wrote that in. That really encouraged us. You know, Aubrey, I've been 
hearing people who will just stop me either at church or, you know, um, I mean, even out at restaurants, usually it's Chick-fil-A, right? The Christian chicken location. And they'll say, Hey, that's where I the listen, Christian goes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I listened to your podcast and I was, I was talking to somebody just the other day who said, who lost, um, uh, you lost a child and said, Hey, I listen, I listened mm-hmm. to your podcast, but I didn't want to listen to the lost podcast, uh, those episodes because it was just too fresh. It was too much for me to dive yeah. into. And, and so I started with the sexual betrayal series and she said the first episode that I listened to, I got so much insight and healing out of that episode, even though that was not even pertaining to the tragedy that I had experienced. Wow. And so just all of these, I just think there's universal truths that flow through the thread of uh, mm-hmm. our, all of our pain and trauma and tragedy that we're experiencing. And so it, it's so helpful to hear from you guys as listeners. Thanks for sharing that with us. We love to hear how God is transforming your heart and healing you through this podcast. Absolutely. Be sure to stick around after we listen to Davy's conversation with Blythe and Dr. Helen. Davy and I are going to have a little conversation about some of the things we learned from it, some of the insights we picked up from it, some of the things that God was showing us. So we'd love to have you stick around for that. And with that in mind, let's go ahead and listen to your interview with Blythe and Dr. Helen. Well, Blythe, Helen, it's so great to have you guys joining me on the podcast, both of you. This is a treat. (laughs) Thank you so much. We're excited to be with you. We've never actually had a mother-daughter pairing to talk about. (laughs) uh, Really, the topic that we're going to talk about is definitely a new topic that we've not discovered, we've not not explored at all. And and so I'm excited about the topic. But even just this combination of having the two of you guys, it looks like in separate separate locations, talking about this topic, talking about your story together. So this is really exciting. It's such an honor to be able to do this with you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate getting a, a chance to talk about uh, restoring of relationships, restoration of many things on many levels. This is That's a right. dark time, isn't it? That's so right. We hope to encourage your listeners. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's so encouraging is that no matter what we go through, no matter the darkness that seems to surround us, that God's heart we can trust is always about redemption and restoration. And so I'm excited for the listeners to hear your story. Before we dive into your story, though, I'd love for each of you guys to tell us right now where you're at, maybe where you're at on the map. What does your family look like? Just give us a little context for each of your worlds, and then we'll dive back in and and we'll follow along your journey. Well, I'll go ahead and start. This is Blythe, and I live in Colorado with my husband and three children, and I grew up in Georgia, uh, where my mom and dad are, but our life is very full with uh, ministry, with school, with um, work, um, but we we love where God has planted us. Uh, we, we live in what is really probably known as a Mecca of Christian ministry yeah. and churches. And so we're, we really are wanting to lean into what God has called us to do um, and to stay faithful to that and, and to be faithful parents as well. Yeah. That's so cool. And Helen. Yes. Thank you. Um, I live in Dalton, Georgia, Northwest Georgia with my sweet husband and uh, Blythe's brother and his family live nearby. And, um, even though I'm in that vulnerable uh, senior citizen category, <laughs> I'm still able to share the love of God and yeah. um, got my doctorate in counseling psychology many years ago. Oh, wow. But I, 
uh, it's been a real help to understand some of the brokenness that's around me. And so I love counseling with friends and family and strangers alike. So it's, I'm still in active duty. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's awesome. We should always be in active duty, right? All the way up until the yeah. day the Lord takes us, we're in active duty on mission. And, and how cool is it that, that technology avails us the opportunity that even in the midst of a pandemic, even in the midst of all of the different question marks that are surrounding us, we can still have this conversation. We can broadcast yeah. it out. People can hear it. They can be encouraged and their lives can be changed. Yes. God really does change things. Yes. It's so cool. Um, I'll add a, a PS three years ago, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. And so, um, wow. a lot of things have changed. I am in remission right now, oh, but I can't walk. Chemo took mm. some damage and I, I have a number of side effects, <laughs> but wow. you know, I'm really learning a lot about worship and mm. uh, taking care of my inside and, I just, I've probably never understood giving thanks before, but in the darkest days, if I, if I begin to start thanking God and, and remain in gratitude, whew, yeah. it just makes all the difference in a day. It wow. is, uh, so I'm in a new journey, of my own. Wow. but as we said earlier, restoration on a heart level is so important. And so Blythe and I love getting to do this project during the years that I was so broken and um, physically, but we got to talk about the restoration of relationships. Now, Blythe and I have a wonderful relationship, but we've learned a lot about difficult relationships in that I had a difficult relationship with my mom. And then we just have been able to process so many day-to-day things, haven't we, Blythe? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I'd love for you to take us on that journey a little bit, because I know that there are so many people who are listening right now who they would say that whether their relationships are strained or whether they're just not what they imagined or desire them to be, we're we're usually all of us sitting somewhere on that spectrum. And so why don't you take us back, kind of start us where you would consider to be the beginning of your journey, and and let's just uh, dialogue about this a little bit. Well, my mom and I grew up together in learning about healthy relationships because as I was, you know, really coming into my adult years, my mom was really juggling um, the difficulty of uh, a mom um, who had been an alcoholic, who had a lot of anger, who was going through cancer. Um, There were just a lot of things that were happening in in my mom's um, life. And so I was watching all this um, as an adult daughter and through the years of us knowing that we needed to talk about things and us having conversations with, with each other, and even about my mom and her mom, and, and some of the difficulties of watching things unfold, as we as we really started to figure out, okay, this is this is really a key topic for women because some relationships just fall apart and they never right. talk to each other again. Right. So how can we be intentional with our relationship? And so. As um, as mom said, um, it was probably, you know, maybe five years ago that we thought through what would we want to share with people about how to have a healthy mother-daughter relationship and to talk about the things that we've done to make our relationship better. And even when hard things come up between us, 
um, that we can talk about it and we can say, I didn't mean to say that, or I, I hope that, that you hear my heart in this. And so, so we've been on a journey to, to have a healthy relationship and we encourage other women to do the same, but that's really where, um, we brought our book mended in, um, mended restoring the hearts of mothers and daughters, because that really is a mission that we've been on together as mother and daughter. Wow. Wow. So, so some of this, it goes, you know, even further back where, where I'm hearing you say, Helen, your relationship with your mom and a lot of trauma that surround, surrounded that, and then kind of carrying from your experience there and taking it into your, your own experience of motherhood and mothering Blythe and, and your other kids. Um, can, can you tell me maybe, maybe what are some things that you experienced with your mom that almost began to play out if anything, that played out almost in default uh, in your as you're beginning to become a mom, that you had to maybe rewire and go, wait, 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 we can't approach the relationship this way because it's not going to be healthy. Uh, but this is all I've ever known, you know? Right. I I just thank God that he was the one, I assume, that really turned me on to this just devastating thought that I didn't want to repeat the the difficult family patterns. I mm. think I just became really aware there was this, this sense inside me that if I didn't do something different, that I was going to repeat the same painful patterns. Wow. And I remember seeing Isaiah fifty eight twelve that talks about being repairs of the breach. Mm. And I thought, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> so God was so faithful to build one principle after another and Blythe and I were able to speak about it that I didn't, in other words, I remember a, a conversation when she went off to college by saying, Blythe, I've just become real aware that of my own mother's control and, um, you know, I just don't want to repeat that pattern. And so during this, as you go to college, if you ever sense for me, some controlling language or behaviors. I don't need you to tell me, mm-hmm. mom, this is what I hear. And I said, cause I really do want to cl- clear this up and walk in a different direction. So as best I know, I think I never got to, she never asked me, she wow. never told me that I, <laughs> I was controlling, wow. but we, that was probably a real intentional starting point when you say like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it came out of, I would say, you know, that the year that I was going to be um, finishing up high school and going off to college is a year where I really had separated myself from mom and dad and just really wanted to kind of live my life on my own by going up to my room and spending more time just alone. Um, it, you know, I, I think there was certainly some just pulling away and anticipating that I would be leaving for college and wanting to just go ahead and get there in my spirit. And so I would say that even my mom had that conversation with me, I had separated and distanced in some ways. And she was, I think, acknowledging that she understood I was an adult and I was going off to college and I'd be making choices of my own. And yet she didn't want to be someone that would be trying to ask a lot of questions and trying to live her life through me or, um, you know, give too much advice and too much input. And so I think it was really intentional on her part. And and looking back, I think that's so helpful for moms today Mm -hmm. that have teenagers that, you know, you're able to even say to them, 
I really want to have a good relationship with you. And if you sense that I'm trying to control you or that I'm trying to live my life through you, I really want you to tell me. I want you to say, mom, that feels like control. I think we just have to be that open and that honest with each other um, because that intentionality is what restores relationships and holds relationships together when we are not waiting for something devastating to happen, but we really can have those check-ins with our children, with our teenagers. Well, I think that's huge. And I think that, you know, like what you said, that, that can be, cause there's, there's generational, you know, scripture calls it generational sin, but we know it's this, uh, you know, from even like a psychology standpoint, there are these things that get passed down, these, these habits, these, um, behaviors that get passed down generationally that we operate in almost out of default. We don't even realize it. We repeat what we experienced uh, in, in the prior generation. So the way our parents treated us, we tend to operate in that unless we make a conscious decision to say, okay, no, I want to operate differently. I want to override this, right? I want to go Romans 12, one through two, that says, don't, don't conform to the pattern of this world or to the pattern of what your lineage has done, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? But yeah. that's, that's often difficult. It's easy to know that. It's often difficult to do it. And I think it was so cool Helen, what you did to say, hey, if if I'm kind of just operating in in default mode here, would you just make me aware of this? You know, it's like awareness mm-hmm. is the first step, you know, of of recognizing, wait, I need to change a pattern right here. The the um, books say, and it's true that whatever we focus on, we tend to repeat. Mm. So this is why we have to be so careful what we see and hear because it is something that is repeated. Wow. Wow. That's so great. Now, Helen, if you can just a little bit dig in for me, how difficult was this for you um, to consciously override? You know, I was so desperate to um, get this right. (laughs) It wasn't really hard, hard. Mm. Uh, in other words, I I had gotten to the point where my own difficulties with mom were so strong that I just knew I needed to do something so different. And at this time, I, I plowed into a lot more of the counseling studies, psychological studies, and saw the patterns that God has written about. And so you know, just one at a time, I, I saw what I needed to do. It was like a roadmap, really. Yeah. And I think most families that have gotten broken and had unfinished business, mm. they just don't know how to get back on the track. They know yep. they fell off, <laughs> but yep. they lack the instructions on how to get back on the track. And wow. I think that's at the heart of our book, Mended, mm. is that we have given about I don't know, three or four dozen conversation starters to help people have reconcile or have a, a rescued sort of recovery wow. in their relationship with someone important to them, their mother or someone else. It's applicable to anyone, but it's just a couple of sentences that they would say asking the other person what they might think um, they want to to see, to make things better. Mm. It's, it's just a wonderful set of instructions that we feel like we got from the Lord wow. to pass along. Wow. So we call them our conversation starters. And, <laughs> and it, so the focus of what we've done is, is repairing the relationship, not the person. 
In other words, uh, I think people resist change when you realize that you're trying, someone's trying to change you. Yep. But the emphasis we've got is on the relationship and that just feels so good. And you can start just right now. You don't have to go back decades to, to do the repairs, although that's ad- advisable. I mean, I'm all for counseling yeah. and <laughs> repairing right. decades of trouble, but you can start today. Yep. And in this broken world, it's a good place to start is some relationships that need help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, I don't want to give away all the material because I want the listener to go and buy this book mended, but I'd love to hear some of these conversation starters that you guys have found have been effective in helping you to create a great relationship, a vibrant relationship between the two of you, but also in how to mend relationships that might have gone awry. I think one of the ones that um, I find myself um, asking my my children, so I have, um, this is Blythe, and I have a 13-year-old daughter and 11-year-old daughter and 11-year-old son. And so one of the things that we are really aware of is that, and you all know this as well, that people don't like to be told what to do. You know, even, <laughs> even our young children don't really yeah. like to be told this is what you need to do. So um, we, we try to phrase questions in a way that would really invite ourselves into a conversation. So it might be something like this, like, are you okay if I give you some feedback? Are you okay mm. if I make a suggestion? And the person can say yes or no. Um, but it really, instead of instead of coming at your child or your teenager with, you really should do this, or you, have you, have you done this yet? You know, um, it, it automatically puts the person on the defense. And so we've just tried to come up with um, just some simple wording of, are you okay if I share some feedback or some ideas, you know, may I share, or may I share a concern that I have Um, and just real simple, but non-threatening. And then another one might be, you know, what I want is a good relationship with you and you're more important than our difference of opinion. Um, Mom likes to follow that up with just even this phrase. um, What do you think we need to do to make things better between us? Just acknowledging that you want to have a closer relationship and really honoring the other person and asking them. And this can be a mother to a young child, even. Um, what do you think we need to do to make things better between us? Because no one likes walking around feeling isolated and hurt and frustrated. Right. And so a lot of times it just gives voice to the other person to say, this is what's on their heart. And, you know, sometimes they come back and they say, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it right now. And we give space for that because sometimes people aren't prepared for, for them to be able to freely express their, what's going on in their heart and their heads. And so um, it just opens the door to conversation because we know that not necessarily one conversation will clear out everything that's happened, but at least it shows the other person that you're invested in them and that you're interested in hearing their side of things. And and often it can be the difference between someone shutting down and someone inviting you in for further conversation. Mm. So that that's really the the heart of these conversation starters. It's it's to get a dialogue going. And sometimes, you know, people aren't open to talking as much as maybe you writing out their thoughts. And so we've yeah. talked with moms and daughters who have written letters or done videos and sent those. So we know that communication can, is really important and we want to help people know that they have the ability to do that. And, and no matter what their history has been. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, 
you talk to me a little bit about, you know, I, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, in our context of we've got a seven year old daughter. And so she's, you know, she's young. Um, of course, we're, there's, we're, she's in a stage where we're having conversations with her. It's kind of as the genesis of those conversations right now, you know, for a while until she was probably five years old, it was more just like, you know, we're training her, we're like disciplining her to, but now she's beginning to have kind of a, she very much has a mind of her own. She very much has opinions of her own. She very much has desires that she wants to exert in this world. And so we're, tr- we're starting to take that turn a little bit. What, what would you advise in the early years on how to set some foundations for a thriving relationship in the later years, you know, because uh, often when kids become, you know, when they become teenagers, that's when we hear that parents are like, I'm at my wits end. I don't know what to do. They don't want to open up. We don't, we can't have healthy conversations. Um, but many times, not all times, but many times I've found it's because the, the foundations weren't set properly at the very beginning to kind of set the stage for good, healthy relationships. Anything that you guys would, uh, you know, give, give some advice for on that? I'd be glad to take a, a, a shot at it yeah. in life. You fill in what I leave out, but oh, what an exciting stage you're in with your child. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful that it, she's at the age when she can understand what you said. And so if I could summarize what Blythe just talked to you about, it's, it's getting permission to you're you're inviting yourself in basically mm. you're it's poli- it's very polite yeah <laughs> that's what you want to have consistency in so that the in other words most of my wounding and most of the wounding i hear about among family members is words and mm. how words are so painful and if it's not the words it's the message yeah. And so we want to be careful to remember that every word we say to these dear small children, especially, is so vital. Mm. So to your daughter, you know, just strengthening that daily relationship is money in the bank. And then mm. when there is a an uh-oh, when there is a, a problem, you invite yourself in and say, can we talk about your your room or can mm. we talk about your conversations with your friends so you let them know what you want to talk about and it's not that you're not the authority you are you're just being wise yeah, and right. setting the stage yeah. and you invite yourself in and then one of the first things you want to do is you want to put a top bun on the first thing that you say I tell people it's so important if you have some meat to share with some children Mm. Or adults, you want to be sure and put a top bun and a few sesame seeds on top before <laughs> you dive in. So you just want to be really wise what you say. Mm. And then um, it should go smoothly. You, you've you done a great job. One of the things that I love to share, a visual, is two cups bumping. And if you could draw a heart on each cup, so when there's a problem, it's two heart, two cups bumping, two hearts, basically. But what's mm. in each cup is their own stuff. In other mm. words, you don't want to take the responsibility of what comes out of, say, your, your daughter's heart. Yeah. But you do, you make clear boundaries between what's coming out of you and what's coming out of her. Mm. But those are just some thoughts in general. But you just want to walk very carefully. Yeah. And when, 
when they answer, you want to be sure that you've given some time and ask again if you can invite yourself in. What were you thinking, Fly? Well, I remember as a young child, um, my mom taught my brother and I how to ask each other for forgiveness. And this is something that she and my father have done with us as well. And I think it's important for us as parents to model healthy forgiveness. And so um, we were taught the words, I am sorry for, and then fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. but we had to own what we did. And then, um, and then be able to say, will you forgive me? And, Mm -hmm. and that really does take responsibility for what I, what either you did. And so as the father or the mother going to your child and being able to, if you can see that their face is forlorn or that they've, they've really been upset by something to, to be the one to ask forgiveness. And sometimes I've had my kids come back and say, well, mommy, you know, I know you got mad at me, but it really was my fault that I did that. So, um, so they'll take responsibility for what they did. And so I think starting that at an early age is so helpful for for children to see that parents aren't afraid to take responsibility and to say, will you forgive me? I feel like that's hard for our culture. I think yep. more people are willing to say, I'm sorry, or just even the word sorry. Yeah. But um, But we have a whole chapter on forgiveness in our mm. book, um, the different types of forgiveness and how we even would tell someone that hasn't asked our forgiveness, but that we're, we're harboring this spirit of unforgiveness in our hearts um, that we, we are able to even forgive them by, by saying, I choose to forgive you for, yeah. and then name the, the item. Um, wow. It's really unhealthy for us to carry around unforgiveness and God calls us to forgive just as he has forgiven us. And so, um, I think whether you have a young child or whether you have an older child, or maybe you are the daughter and your mom hasn't asked you for her, for forgiveness, for what she has maybe said to you or done to you. And you still are thinking about that. I think it's really healthy for us to, you know, either verbally or or write it out in some way and ask God to help us um, through this. It's not just, I choose to forgive you and Mm. move on there. But, but I think that we, we need to take that responsibility and not wait for someone to ask us if we forgive them. Because we may not get that, um, but right. we can choose to forgive, and we can do that with the power of God through us. And I, I think that's really helpful for this generation to understand. And it's something that my mom had to do yeah. um, with her own mom because her mom never asked her those words, "Will you forgive me for for the pain that she caused, mom?" So, uh, mom, mom's had to walk that road yeah. um, herself. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a, an interesting tangent. I, I hadn't thought about that. If someone's listening to this and they are in the relationship that is strained, they are the daughter. And they have a relationship with their mother that is, it's, 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 it's strained and it's estranged, right? So it's in a sense where the mother is not want, doesn't seem to be wanting to or capable of, you know, um, meeting meeting the daughter halfway so to speak or or bridging the gap there what would you advise someone sitting in that seat to do you know here i am now i want and desire to have a healthy relationship with my mom but whether it's a maybe she's just kind of at this point a toxic person or that doesn't seem like that's the case how should i approach this what would this look like uh, if, if I've tried to approach it with like a, Hey, can I get, offer some feedback, but it just seems to be shut down. What, what would you say, um, that person should do? 
one of our conversation starters is pretty much just what you mentioned. And that would be um, maybe you could write it if they mm. don't want to speak it. It could be an old fashioned letter or a text or an email or whatever means of communication you think would work best. But you could say, you know, what I want is a good relationship with you. And what do you think we need to do to make things better? Mm. And so it's just that simple. You're, you're saying you want the relationship to be repaired. And what that might mean is that you're putting the relationship at, ahead of any differences of opinion. Yeah. We have mentioned in the book that in this time of very differing opinions, yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. not a matter of right or wrong. We're going after the relationship and restoring mm -hmm. the relationship and hopefully being able to communicate on that level, even though everything else isn't just zipped up. But on on that level, you can know that you have tried. And I think you just want to go through this, making sure you have no regrets. That's that's what God put on my heart with my mom. She never did ask my forgiveness, mm -hmm. as Bly said, for much of anything. There were just... Oh, so much anger and um, verbal abuse, so so much damage. But um, I, I love the verse in Ephesians 6, 13 that says, and having done all to stand. And you just mm. want to make sure that you've done all that you know that you could do. And it's a sweet, humble picture to be the one. You're the victim, so to speak. Right, right. But you're offering the restoration of that mm. relationship. And if they say no, then you have to leave it. Um, wow. But if, but they may say yes, so you can at least know that you have done what you feel like you should have done. Wow. God is doing big things in and through Nothing Is Wasted Ministries this year. One of these things I've been itching to announce, but couldn't until now, is the release of the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional. These devotions are the daily entries I wish that I had available to me along my healing journey. Each entry is designed to give you hope and practical help as you partner with God to take back your story. It'd be great for you or for anyone in your life who is struggling through a difficult season. The devotional is releasing July 22nd. But we want to extend to you a special offer of 20% off if you pre-order the devotional before July 22nd. If you pre-order now, the devotional will show up on your doorstep on July 22nd, and you'll gain immediate access to all our exclusive pre-order bonuses, including the first 21 days sent to your inbox, along with five-minute video teaching of each entry from me. To pre-order the devotional and check out all the bonuses, go to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code PODCAST for 20% off the devotional just for being a Nothing Is Wasted podcast listener. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com and use that code PODCAST for 20% off. Why, do you remember anything growing up, any circumstances, situations that really stand out to you that make you go, man, I wish every daughter or son for that matter would have experienced 
my their their mother handling that situation the way my mom did. Anything that kind of comes to mind right there that's like, oh man, I want to imprint that on the way that I parent. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to transfer that. That was just gold right there. All right. So automatically, I thought about a time when I was probably in about sixth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade, and um, I remember being uh, rejected by friends and for various reasons, but I remember the love that I received from my mom and her affirmation of me gave me everything I needed in the midst of such pain. And I, I remember, you know, certainly you feel down when you are rejected, when you're not part of the club, yeah. we're not, when you're not included in, or someone says something to you that hurts so deeply. And a mother or a father can come into that situation and say, well, did you do everything you were supposed to do? Or did you, did you right. contribute to any of that? But no, what my mom said to me was, I see you, you're beautiful and you are so valuable. And she immediately spoke to that hurt place in me that affirmed me as a young girl. Mm. And I think that, you know, as parents, sometimes we can go to that place of trying to help teach our kids to take responsibility for their actions or their words. And so it feels like a helpful thing to say, well, are you sure that you did everything that you were supposed to do or could have done? (laughs) And instead of that, like just, Uh, I'm only um, laughing because I'm literally thinking of a situation right uh, now in our own life where I'm like, that's so true. Cause I'm the fixer. I'm like, I'm going to ask that question. What about this? Did you try this? this?" (laughs) That's so funny. Well, it's it's part of our nature, right? We're trying to get to a solution. And I think sometimes we just have to leave it kind of like what mom was saying that we do everything we can. And at some point we may have to leave it there, but, but the positive affirmation that we can say, I love you. I care about you. I want this relationship. And, and, you know, I think, but we don't just leave it without hope. I think that what we do as parents and as daughters is to continue to pray for that person. There is so much that God can do right. on our behalf when we commit that person to prayer That's and, so and not in a, in a way of like, God, I hope you deal with that person. Like, no, like a genuine, like, God, I want you to soften her heart. I want this relationship. I want you to bring us closer together. God, whatever it takes, I, I am willing to lay down my pride. Yeah. I, whatever needs to happen in our relationship, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we pray in earnest like that, like God is so honoring of that prayer. And and we know he's for relationships. He created us as mothers right. and daughters and fathers and sons for right. relationships. And so I, I do believe he'll honor our prayers and we never know what will come. Uh, maybe even years of praying that prayer and the and God opening the door again for you to have another conversation. Um, so that's, that's our hope is mm, prayer. That's so good. That's so good. The, one of the things I've heard recently um, is, is this idea in parenting to try to think about connecting over just correcting because our tendency is as parents to, we want to correct things. We want to fix things. We want to make sure that our kids are in line. They're doing the right thing. They're not embarrassing us when we go out in public They're, you know, so we tend to correct, especially, especially as men, I'll be honest, we're fixers. So we're like, we're trying to fix the behavior. We're trying to, but, but at the end of the day, isn't it so much better when our kids understand home and their relationship with their parents to be a safe haven to be a place that they can open up, they can let down their hair, they can feel, uh, they can feel safe. And yes, while correcting is definitely part of parenting, it is definitely part of the equation. Um, instead of leaning way toward that, that end of the spectrum of constantly correcting, connecting is, is going to be a lot more, have a lot more return in the long run, you know? And I, I just think of an example with, 
the situation I was laughing about just now, Blythe, was that our, our daughter recently, they, when they started school this past fall, she was having trouble making friends. And as she came home and shared this with us, my response and Christy's response were very different. My response was like, okay, let's fix this, right? I'm like going to my bookshelf and pulling off like how to win friends and influence people. I'm like, okay, let me tell you some principles on how you can actually win friends and influence people. And you can get, you know, because I see her, her spirit is so forlorn. She's sad, right? Christy did something very opposite. She just listened and she empathized and she was a safe haven there. And I was so marked by that moment because it, it, it told me right there in her, like, she doesn't need me to correct her behavior and help her do these X, Y, and Z to make friends. Uh, I don't need to fix the situation. I just need to be there. The world's going to beat our kids up a lot. If we can just be a safe haven for them and point them to Jesus through this process, then then things are going to tend to go a, a little bit better for us. That's such a great story. And you you both are, are going to just be so successful in this because I see that you're really interested in the relationship with your daughter. And that's the mm-hmm. core thing. And if you've got that, then you can have those correcting conversations without damage, you can say to them, you know, we're going to really need to figure out this, this, and this, Mm. and give them an opportunity to to correct, self-correct if if possible. I know that's not true for a two-year-old or a three-year-old, but once they can kind of understand, you give them the opportunity to help solve the problem. And then you can say, well, let's uh, let's maybe think about this or combine this with that. In other words, you can wow. problem solve together, but at the core, it's that relationship. That's what's strong and that's what's safe. It's beautiful. Oh, that's great. That's I great. think role playing is so good. And that's something that mom has taught us because she's done it a lot in counseling. <laughs> and it's really helped is to be able to say, okay, let's try this again. Let's pretend that mm. I'm your friend and, and you're you and, and let's see what that conversation was like. And then you know, help, help your child come up with language that they can share with their friend or, or and that works even with teenagers and, yep. and even with moms um, and daughters. I think just that we, we could enter into just role playing of like, okay, well, this is what we have said in the past. And this is like what I would really want to say. Can we try this again and walk through it again? Um, we, we can, we can have do-overs. None of us get yeah. it perfect. I mean, mom and I still, um, I said something to her the other day and I realized it came out and it could have come out condescending. And so I had to, you know, just ask her mom, did I overstep there? Like, I, I just want to make sure that we keep a, a good account between us. That's good. Yeah. And, um, I think that that's <laughs> just ongoing in maintaining relationships. Um, but I, I do think that we can go back and do do-overs. I, I mean, I do that as a parent myself. Yeah. Um, kids need to see that parents don't have it all together and don't get it right perfectly. Because if we try to pull it off, it really Mm -hmm. sets them up for failure later on. If they think that mom and dad get everything right. And that if they come home with, you know, a fight with an employer or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or or whatever, and they haven't seen it modeled well, um, it really sets them up for defeat and and really um, a skewed view. And so I think that role-playing modeling do-overs are all very acceptable. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's so good. You know, let's transition a little bit because, you know, I've been asking a lot of questions based on my context of parenting young kids. And I know there's a lot of situations out there and really, you know, it's really important to build those foundations, but let's say um, we're, we're talking to some listeners who they're, they're adult children, right. And, and they feel a kind of a, an, a, 
estranged relationship or they maybe it's not the way that they want it to be. Um, I know a lot of times it's difficult to transition as a parent from someone who's parenting a, a young child to then going to parenting uh, or figuring out that role when now your child is an adult and you're, you're equal and you, you, you have definitely moved along that spectrum from con- control to influence or you're trying to figure out how to move along that spectrum and not kind of lord over uh, their life as much. Um, how, how do, what are some things that you guys have found have been imperative as now Blythe, as you're an adult to keep that relationship really strong, to keep it more of a friendship, um, and, and less of a, a parenting type inferior superior type relationship. You know, one thing that I have noticed with mom and I is, um, just being able to understand the roles that we play in each other's lives. And so, mm. um, we've, you know, over the years, it's really been mother, daughter, top right, down. Right. And I think that, you know, in our relationship, we've, we've done some flips in the last few years mm. that mom's been journeying through health challenges. And so, and sometimes I've been the one, you know, initiating conversations and asking, is it okay if I suggest this for your next treatment or, mm. you know, are you okay if I, I, do this for you. And so, um, I think that we begin to shift in how we see our relationships. It's not always about who's above and who's below. And like, you know, at some point the mother daughter relationship can shift to where you are more friends and equals Mm. and there's respect there. And so, um, I think that many daughters are seeing themselves in a different place now with their mothers. Maybe they feel like they are the ones who are the moms and their mm. mothers are acting, you know, less mature perhaps, or, or making decisions that, that really don't seem wise. And so I think it's still really helpful to just recognize who you are in the relationship and to yeah. honor each other. But I think it's really okay for the daughter to be able to say, mom, um, this is what I see in what in what you're doing or what you're thinking. And how do you feel about this scenario? Or how do you feel about me doing this for you? I think um, we need to be able to speak up and, and to be able to ask things with politeness, with respect. But we've, we've put some places, you know, in our relationship where mom's given me permission to, to be able to ask her some of those questions. And um, so I think that's really been helpful. Um, but if daughters don't feel like they have that privilege yet, or don't know how to ask for that, then, you know, maybe even having a conversation where you initiate and just say, mom, I, I feel like in some ways our relationship has changed. And I want to um, just make sure that I'm understanding my role and you understand your role and, and just be able to talk very openly. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to take on your responsibility. I, that that really isn't my job. And, and I know that you're trying to give me space to grow as a daughter and as a mother of my own. And so, um, I think talking about roles, talking about expectations um, of what you have with each other is good. It's really helpful to outline expectations um, because we can wait and we can expect, you know, for a mm. lot of time and and not see those things transpire. So right. it's really helpful to just put those expectations out there and to not let that hold um, above your heads in your relationship. That's awesome. That's awesome. Helen, can you think of any times that you, um, you know, as you as you were as you've been mothering that you're like, man, I really blew it there. I a, <laughs> a, a mistake that you made where you're like, I would love to spare moms out there from, from this kind of mistake. Um, anything that comes to mind with that? 
Um, you know, I've done some big ones and some little ones. I, just in a, a few weeks ago, it, it was small, but it could have gotten big. The um, I was texting Blythe about something benign, and I realized as I was texting that it sounded bossy and mm. wasn't so respectful of knowing who she was, that what a valuable and knowledgeable and wise young woman that she was. So, oh, I hit that delete button so fast. <laughs> <laughs> and she might have been fine with it because we have such a good re- relationship. But any word, any message that we send mm. needs to be respectful. And anything that would sound like you're trying to direct traffic, if you're that you're trying to, um, when you have not invited yourself in, that mm. that's the, that would be the hard hard thing. Wow. So we just need to be careful, no matter what size, whether it's a small event or a large. It, if we're not respectful of one another, there's it's really hard to be restored. Wow. That's great. You know, in a lot of ways you're talking about, absolutely. You're talking about being uh, aware of careful of our approach, our language uh, that we're respectful, that we're honoring. And in some ways you're talking about boundaries too, uh, which, which for, you know, parenting, mother, daughter, father, son, you name it across the board, boundaries are difficult to, um, to, to honor sometimes they're difficult to put in place sometimes and they're difficult to adjust and, and transition as life transitions as well. Absolutely. Boundaries is one of my favorite subjects in the world. It really is. <laughs> it's really important. <laughs> well, can I get you so, on the, can I get you on the topic for a second? Tell me what is it, what is it about boundaries that really gets you fired up, especially in terms of these parenting type relationships? Well, I think we need to take a hard look at our own boundary issues and one of the things I saw was that I was probably bordering on being codependent with mm. Blythe and her brother because I I didn't want to suck out the life out of them in the in a good way. In other words, I had a poor relationship with my mother, so it was tempting to look to Brian and Blythe for my happiness, which is a real red alarm, a <laughs> three yeah. alarm fire. Yeah. And so um so on one hand, when you don't have many boundaries, there's that danger of codependency. And then on the other hand, if you have too many boundaries, there's not room for a relationship. So mm. my prayer has been to have a healthy, healthy boundaries. Say yes when it's time to say yes and no when it's time to say no. Wow. And wow. boundaries really are very important because you just don't want enmeshment in any form in the book Mended that we wrote together, I made up a word that I called overlove. That was probably hmm. my <laughs> my tendency was to overlove them. And but I, I that's more than a helicopter parent. It's really <laughs> sucking the life out of them. So wow. I think you need to know as a parent what your danger zone is. It do you have too many walls, too many yeah. boundaries, or not enough? And um, it's open for discussion with your children, mm. young or old. Is but when we when we say no, we really do need to be respectful. Going back to our language, yeah. yes. Wow, that's so good. I I love that finding the tension between too many boundaries and not enough boundaries, and the dangers of of going into either one of those polar directions. 
But I mm-hmm. imagine it's probably difficult for you to be self-aware enough to know what the right tension is between those. So obviously you've already said, you know, asking and inviting that input from your children or from your family member to um, help you know where the line is. But is there also room too to invite other people into that conversation? If so, what, what should we look for on how to decide between what's the right tension or the right equation with boundaries? You know, I think we all have that uh-oh feeling when we know that something's not r- mm. right in our relationship with either family members or beyond with our friendships. And so it's been a practice of mine to say, okay, Lord, what is at the root of this? What is this uh-oh feeling about? What is this about? Is it about boundaries? Is it about uh, shared grief? Is it about, um, you know, any number of topics? And then, yes, it's always healthy to ask others what they think could be the problem. In fact, that's one of our conversation starters is what do you think is the issue here Mm. that we might need to get help for? So um, did I answer the question? Absolutely. No, that's great. That's great. Guys, this is this has been such a rich conversation. I I appreciate it so much. I want to make sure the listener picks up this book, Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. And I know that there are so many of us that we're trying to, especially like what you guys said, especially when we are in a very divisive, vitriol uh, climate right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. You may have family members who are on complete opposite spectrums of a lot of different topics, the topics of politics, the topics of uh, any cultural changes that are taking place right now, the topic of COVID-19, whatever it is. But this is uh, important for us, as you guys said at the beginning of this conversation, to look after, attend to the relationship first and foremost, no matter how much we may agree or disagree. And so I know if you're experiencing this right now, or if you want to make sure that you prevent divisive, uh, uh, a divisive nature in your relationships. This is something that you want to pick up this book mended. Um, guys, is there any other piece of advice that you would give folks as we're, as we sign off? No, I would just leave listeners with this thought that we mom and I really believe that our hearts can be okay. Even if our relationships don't get restored. Um, that, that is, really the goal, but our role is to do all we can in the power of the Holy Spirit to reconcile and release the person. And so we don't want to have an expectation that may or may not come, but we still have the opportunity to trust God in our relationships that we can do some things about. So like you're talking about, Davey, of going into that younger generation and and really imprinting in their hearts the ability to have open conversations that we get a chance to go back and do with our own families or with other loved ones what we wish that we would have had. And so while we hope for and pray that God will do more, but we can live our lives with wholeness in our hearts, despite what is going on around us. And we don't say that like as an empty promise, but really we are called to follow God and he is the ultimate restorer. He's the one that can bridge hearts. And so we, we go to God whenever there's restoration that needs to be done. We say, God, this is within your realm and we want to call on you to make this happen. And so continuing to press in towards God and not hold anything against him. If things don't go the way that we would want them to, I think that's what I would share. Oh, that's awesome. Helen, any any closing thoughts? You know, um, this period of time, I've this may sound like a sidebar conversation. 
Um, but it's related to what we've been talking about, actually. And that is during these dark times, I've heard so many people share how depressed they've been. And I, as a, a doctor of counseling, I do want to say, in my opinion, that what I'd like to hear people say is to talk more about grief, because mm-hmm. grief is about loss and change. That's right. And that we've had so many losses and so many changes. Now, depression is the condition we have when there's pervasive sadness over a long period of time. But grief is is such an important word, not just for our times, but for our relationships, too. And so even though we've laughed and we've shared some positive things, we know that people are hurting. And they are grieving those losses and changes. And it is a terrible thing to grieve a the loss of a relationship. Right. So our prayer, Blythe and I have already prayed for your listeners that they would have the boldness to want to restore the relationship with their other with their loved one. Wow. But um, even if it doesn't happen, what Blythe said is so true that God God is there. I love that new song by Lauren Daigle called mm-hmm. Rescue. Yep. And it says he will send out an army in the middle of the darkness <laughs> for yep. us. He loves us so much. But I know there's a lot of grief work that needs yeah. to be done. So my heart is to your listeners for whatever they've gone through, that they can grieve the loss of these things yep. and be okay, that they will find God enough that he is enough for where they are. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. And one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is that grief actually is a, a mandatory stop on the way to restoration. Mm -hmm. You you can't get to restoration without going through that little town called grief where you, you've got Mm -hmm. to experience the, you know, the full weight of the loss, um, before the Lord can uh, unveil to you the the restoring process, the redemption process that he has for you. If we just even list, begin to list some of the losses and changes, we can say to our own hearts, no wonder I feel so bad. In right. other words, it doesn't need to, it's not helpful to stay this cloud, mysterious right. cloud of darkness. If we can make that intentional list of of losses and changes it's so helpful to the heart so good yep so good guys thank you so much this has just been a wonderful conversation i know it's been encouraging and challenging for both me and everybody that's listening and so thank you for spending time with us it was a privilege thank you so much That was an awesome episode because I I love I mean I love their wisdom I love their relationship they're modeling yeah. what they're talking about and then I think it is such a unique aspect of parenting that we sometimes don't think about that we have relationships sometimes right. complicated relationships yep. with our adult parents and sometimes it, those are broken and they're really painful but I love that they kind of give us the skills to reconcile and restore yeah. some of those 
relationships. Um, what we didn't mention before is that Blythe and Dr. Helen actually have a book out mm-hmm. called Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters, which we're actually going to be giving away on social media. So you can be sure to find yep. and follow us at Nothing is Wasted Ministries. And um, watch for that. It's a beautiful book. And yeah. so you're going to want to win it or buy a copy of it. Right. Again, the title is Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. Mm. So, yeah, Davey, I mean, I was about to say, tell me about your relationship with your parents. <laughs> no, that's not a good idea. My parents both listen to this <laughs> podcast. And... Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have fantastic parents. I love them. Uh, they're amazing. That's awesome. And so even as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, I was just very, uh, I was increasingly grateful as I was listening to Blythe and Helen t- talk about this, I was grateful for my parents and grateful for our relationship. Yeah. And there haven't yeah. been too many seasons where our relationship is strained. However, I'm very aware of the fact that that is not the case for a lot of people, that there are right. strained relationships when it comes to, to parents. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, everybody's situation is, is very different. But, you know, without being in that situation, you know, it'd be very easy for me to just kind of whitewash everything and go, Hey, I think that it's important for you to seek out reconciliation. Um, Mm. but, but you know, that's not, that's not necessarily the case for everybody. A lot of people are having to create boundaries around their relationship with their parents. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do. That's, um, that's hard. Uh, I I don't think anybody wants to do that. They would probably desire ideally to not have to do that. Um, but I, but I will encourage you. I think that it it is very, um, is definitely a ploy of the enemy to try, as we mentioned before, to get in and divide anything. That's mm. what he always tries to do right. is get in on the inside right. and divide. He does that with uh, church communities, small groups, you know, um, yes. marriages, uh, and, yes. and, and familial relationships such as this one with parenting. He wants to try to find his way to weasel in and the in-between and where there is maybe unmet expectations get you to fill in the gap with your own narration. You know, mm. where, where you yes. begin to start making up stories in your head about why those expectations were not met. And yeah. oftentimes we can close that gap with a couple of things. We can close it with grace, you know, mm-hmm. assuming the best, right. Assuming that their motives are not what we are <laughs> contriving inside of our head. But then also yeah. we can close it with conversation we can mm. close it with going and, and, and saying, I'll give you a tool right now for any kind of strife or relation you know, in relationship. If you go to the, this person and say, Hey, I'm making up a story in my head right now. Yep. And, and I know your heart. I know your character. I know, I, I, you know, I don't want to presume your intentions, but you know, when you did this or when you said this, it made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, I want to kind of get some understanding from you. Right. That's a great bridge yep. to be able to go and have that conversation. And maybe that's the, the start of a conversation that you need to have with a parent, with a family member of yours. And I, and I, again, I'm not gonna say this. I don't think this is for everybody. Not, not everybody, yeah. but I, but I just, you know, the Holy Spirit is just prompting me right now that mm. there's a listener that's listening to this right now. And, and, you know, you need to initiate a conversation with your parents. Ooh, and that is not an easy thing. I don't think what you're saying, Davey, is that that's, that's something you can do without the Holy no, Spirit's help. And that's the beautiful yeah. thing about our God is that if the Lord is prompting you to have that conversation with your mom or your dad, or maybe it's a stepmom or stepdad, um, that God will give you the strength you need. And I think you can even pray that the obvious moment yeah. for that conversation opens so that you know, okay, this is 
the Lord has paved the way for this timing right. and this conversation right. to happen. Because yeah. um, I know it can be scary depending on your family oh origin, but I think you're right, Davey, that the enemy does whisper. I mean, the enemy loves to tell us stories about the other person yeah, and yeah. then cause division because of that. And part of that, you and I know, is because we often look to our parents as representatives representatives of God's right, love for us. Right. And so if the enemy can convince us that we are, I don't know, we're unloved or we're disapproved or whatever it is by our parents, then often that can make us feel like God doesn't love us or God right. disapproves of us. Yep. And so there, there is a, a, a place to begin to kind of peel back the lies that the enemy is speaking and say, okay, what is true of my parents, yeah. where can I have grace for them? And what is true of God? Because maybe you do have parents that were terrible to you. Yep. Yep. Maybe you do have parents that were unkind to you. Yeah. But um, to know that our loving father loves you perfectly is the perfect parent. You're approved of in right. Christ by your heavenly father. Then I think that even gives you the strength to have a reconciling conversation yeah. with your own earthly mom yeah. and dad. And as we've talked about before, reconciliation and forgiveness are not the same thing. They're often mm, two sides good. of the same coin. They go hand in hand in a lot of cases, that's but good. not in every case. And so forgiveness yeah. is this release. Maybe if you've been harmed or wronged by your parents, you can release them from, you know, holding on to bitterness of that, but you may not want to, maybe it's not reconciliation is not is not possible. And that's, a, that's yeah. okay. You know, so I want to make sure we distinguish the two, but I also think what that's I've good. found, um, and what I want to encourage people with is anytime there's conflict, there's a heightened, um, there, there's a heightened sense of like kind of putting up your guard. And I, I think one of the things I found in resolving conflict, one of the best ways is to, to approach it with humility and try mm. to find the commonality to, to say, Hey, I desire to have a good relationship with you. That's my yeah. deepest longing, my deepest desire. Mm. Immediately, that puts you in a very vulnerable and exposed place. I understand that. Right. To express right. that kind of desire and feeling. But I think you might be surprised where that might take you. Because mm. on the other side of that table, you might find that they desire the exact same thing. And you just needed to tap into that commonality with some humility. Um, That's so good. It puts, you, it puts you in a very vulnerable spot. It does. I get it. But, yep. but you, um, I think it could lead to some really, really good things. So, um, if that's you, if, if the Holy spirit has been speaking to you about this, um, you know, I, we'd love, we'd love to hear about maybe how that conversation went. If you want to DM us or reach out to either one of us individually, you know, on Instagram, uh, Aubrey at obsamp, me at Davy Blackburn, or reach out to us at nothing is wasted ministries. We're not just here to speak into your headphones. We're also here to, as our, as a community to pastor you through all of this. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And our that's desire good. is to help you partner with God to take back your story. And some of you, your story has been stolen by the enemy because of irreconcilable relationships with your parents. Um, and so we'd love to help in any way we can. Uh, yep. you can, you can find out more about some of the resources we provide at nothingiswasted.com. Maybe you want to check out our pain to purpose course that we have both for individuals, for small groups, for churches to launch, you can hire a cert certified guide to take you through that one-on-one. -on -one. Our certified guides are phenomenal. Maybe you want to join a community group. You can check all that stuff mm -hmm. out at nothingiswasted.com. We're here to help. We also want to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Like Davey said, you can follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davey Blackburn, and at Obsamp. And then we actually have something really exciting that we are yeah. offering for you on the podcast platform for the next 
for Mondays. Yeah. Davey, correct me if I get this wrong, <laughs> but if someone pre-orders your Pain to Purpose devotional book, which we are all very excited about yeah. here, Nothing is Wasted, they order it before July 22nd, then you get the entire audiobook for free. Right. And actually, for the next four Mondays, we're going to be dropping little teasers right. of audio. Right. We're going to... The first few days, right? The first right? four days, right. So next Monday, the first day of the audiobook is going to release. You'll be able to listen to the entire first day. And then subsequently after that, day two, day three, and day four. So we'd love to give you that sample and so that you can go and, and pick up the, the... I'm so excited about it. I'm so proud of this. Christy said this the other day when she saw our designer sent back the file. She goes... Man, I would just buy this for a coffee table book. Like this is oh, so beautiful. Cool. It's amazing. So we're excited to get this in your hands because I know it's going to help you and help so many people in your life as you're giving it out to people. Next week, we uh, finish up our parenting series with a special guest, Amy Sylvester. Um, we're really excited about you listening to her story. So why don't you listen to this little clip from our conversation with Amy? If you would have asked me how I would handle something so profound as child loss, um, mm. I would have told you I was prepared in some way because I knew Jesus mm. so well. Mm. But as you will see today as we share, um, I don't know how prepared I was. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know how prepared for, anyone could be for that, right? Yes, yeah. But I thought I knew Jesus um, deeply, and I did. But um, you know, because I had that, you know, people invested in me. And mm -hmm. um, I knew God's word, but through, well, maybe we'll just dive into the story and you'll see why I'm sharing that I had this foundation, but then what did I do with it? 